Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Life in 22 Minutes. Uh, I'm your co-host, Scott McIntosh, along with my beautiful wife, Becky. Hi, everybody. Today's a little bit different. We're not at home sitting around our dining room table interviewing our guest. Today, we are in Salt Lake City, and we just finished speaking at the American Free Enterprise Success Summit for graduating seniors. And we asked one of the other speakers if he would stay after the seminar and share his story. So... Scott sitting next to me, really excited to introduce our special guest. This is going to be great. We have a special guest. His name is Russell Gady. So he goes by Dr. Russ. His last name is spelled G-A-E-D-E. So it does kind of throw a few people off. That's why you go with Dr. Russ. That's a lot easier. Makes it a lot easier. Yes. So Dr. Russ went from high school dropout to becoming a college professor and a doctorate in psychology. As a kid, he was left with leg braces and had difficult time running. Since he has become a cyclist and a long-distance runner who has biked and ran thousands of miles, having struggled with severe speech impediments and diagnosed Tourette syndrome, Dr. Russ now makes his living as a speaker. So you've gone from Tourette syndrome with a uh, yeah severe speech impediment to a speaker. That's awesome. He's a, a consultant and a counselor. Dr. Russ is a successful entrepreneur having built a million-dollar business as a therapist. He's the author of of multiple books. He has been featured on various TV, radio programs, and and broke the world record hosting the world's longest uninterrupted live webcast. In his speeches, Dr. Russ shares hilarious and inspiring stories that teach principles he has used in his life to overcome adversity. So, speaking on adversity, we welcome Dr. Russ. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, we've been looking forward to having you come and be on our podcast. We've known you through the great organization of the National Speakers Association. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a joy to get to know people and then get to know them better when they come here, because I'm going to learn a lot today. <laughs> Let, let's go back. Uh, way, way back. You were a dropout in high school. Well, at the end of my 11th grade year, I needed to fit all the classes in. All the required classes, I needed about four more years of high school. I spent a lot of time on the beach instead of in the classroom. So I left high school and went to adult education, finished up there within a few months. Wow. So you just said, the heck with high school. I can't do four years in one year. That's right. <laughs> high school didn't really fit my personality and just had a difficult time focusing and staying present, And but... Somehow I turned that around and have multiple degrees now, and my wife keeps laughing because I keep finding courses I want to take. So you like to learn. Continuing your education is important. I love to learn. And what I tell high schoolers now is college is different than high school, and advanced degrees is even more fun than bachelor's degree because then you're really focused on what you love. And what are your degrees in? I have an associate degree in administration of justice, a bachelor's in psychology, a master's in mental health counseling, a post-master's certificate in marriage and family therapy, 
a doctorate in clinical psychology, and a postdoctoral certificate in conflict resolution. Wow. So once you got going in school, there was no stopping you. But they all focus in on the same area of my love, which is conquering adversity, creating a synergy that we can help move our lives forward. Walk us through your principles that you share there. Well, with synergy, I, I look at three main components to creating that, that synergy and living a positive life, which are mindset, relationship, and forgiveness. Before I lose you at forgiveness, there's been research that has been done that shows people who take forgiveness training actually are more productive and their sales increase dramatically over people who don't. So forgiveness is a huge part of process. It is. It is. And the way that I define forgiveness is simply giving up hope for a changed past. Because if you think about forgiveness, when we're not forgiving, we're wishing things were different. We're wishing that that person wouldn't have done that or you would have done this or, or what have you. Just move, making movement and giving up hope for a changed past, realizing that the past is the past. We can't change it. And to forgive, I look at three things. First, accept that it happened. Once we accept that it happened, then we can start identifying the components of what we need to forgive and then simply make movement. And notice I didn't say move on or move past because... I don't believe in forgive and forget because we're human. That experience is still ingrained in our mind, in our brain. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense to just forget because then we put ourselves back in the same position to get trampled on. But if we can just make some movement, because a lot of times we're so stuck, we can make movement, we start making changes. And so those are really the, the three, the mindset, the relationship, and the forgiveness are the three main components I speak about. I think that is such a big principle. In the Christian world, we're asked to forgive everyone. So I think that's a, a big principle in any, in any walk of life. But the, the story that always comes back to me is when I was just a young boy, I was 10 or 12 years old, probably 12 years old, and I just remember a lady um, standing up in church and telling people that she couldn't move on with her situation, and her son had just been murdered. Wow. And... Uh, and she could not move on without forgiving those young men who yeah. had killed her son. And that's impactful. If this stayed with me since I was 12, and I'm 105 now. So. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> and she brings up a good point of she can't move on. Right. You know, I think of it as a party. If I'm at a party, I'm having a great time. And then that person, we all know who that person is, walks in. Well, my spirits go down. They're over in the other corner for me because I'm over here pouting, right? They're over there having a good time. So my lack of forgiveness doesn't impact them hardly at all. Right. So it's more about me. And when I talk about forgiveness, I'm not just talking about I forgive you for what you did. But a lot of times life experiences are not, life doesn't present itself the way that we had envisioned. And so when life doesn't happen the way we want it to, We've got to make some changes, and a lot of times it's forgiving either the other person for not living the way that I they should or forgiving myself for having that unrealistic expectation. I absolutely agree. Forgiveness is such an important component in finding peace and joy. Our friend and mentor Kevin Hall often says, to forgive is to live. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and to realize that that prisoner is me.
Absolutely. Because uh, forgiveness is a, a gift we give ourselves. So before I forget, I, I want to touch on this. It was mentioned in your bio, Tourette's. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, with Tourette's syndrome, it is a neurological disorder causing motor and verbal tics. Probably the most prominent thing people think of when they think of Tourette's is swearing. But really, only about 10% of those that have Tourette's actually do swear. But it's a great excuse sometimes. It's, it's an awesome excuse. No, I don't. Yeah. That's not part of my verbal tick, and I don't use that excuse. However, it has crossed my mind once or twice, <laughs> especially with some bosses. So, so it has to do with, with 10% of all people who have Tourette usually swear, actually or, how, or how you were raised. <laughs> there you go. I wasn't raised either way. <laughs> so but, what about Bob? I mean, yeah, I remember seeing that in, in that I, movie, and they just make it so funny. And That's one of my favorites. I do have to admit, I love that movie. However, that's fictional right. at best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of people that do live with it. However, what's different about me is very few people with Tourette's actually get up in front of groups of people and say, hey, watch me tick as I talk to you about <laughs> other principles. But, you know, it, it's just something that I, one of the adversities that I've had to overcome is living with Tourette's. Great story, though, that really changed my life. I was at the University of Utah. And I started working with a couple professors to help me understand and come to grips with having Tourette. Now, at the same time, I was working at the Boys and Girls Club, 11, 12-year-old youth. We're so forgiving and kind and loving, right? Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, these professors said, what you need to do is go and sit all the boys and girls down and tell them about your Tourette's. And I was beyond just no. It was not going to happen. Well, they convinced me. I said, okay, we've got one chance. So I went and sat down with them, explained about Tourette's, and said, okay, this is now a non-issue. We never have to speak about this again. Yeah, that worked <laughs> oh so well. Yeah, of course they're going to walk away from that and not want to talk about it. Yes. The next day, I was in the game room. And off to my right-hand side, I had two boys that I would describe them as my thorn. The ones that got in trouble the most. I had two girls that were not part of my group, but they were standing more in front of me. And I did a facial tick. The two girls started teasing me. And before I could say anything, these two boys stepped up, looked them straight in the eye and say, knock it off. We talked about this yesterday. I was like, wow, what just happened? And so from that point forward, I thought, wow, they can help me. Or if they can help me, maybe I can start helping myself and accept my life. To this day, I think about them. They have no idea what they did. And, and that's where relationships come in. We can be a powerful force in the lives of others and not even know it. There's a Chinese proverb that says, A red thread connects those who are destined to meet, no matter time, place, or circumstance. It may twist and tangle, but will never break. I challenge people to think about their daily life. Who are they destined to meet today? Who are they destined to make a difference in their life? today and who's destined to make a difference in their life because it goes both ways that was a pivotal moment in your life and you've paid it forward you made a difference in your own life and then now you go out and you you're teaching these principles and helping other you're paying it forward and and changing lives i enjoy it it's it's, it's something that's that's fun and i love to see the change in people's life okay yeah, we're going to go back to elementary school 
All right. Not not even in high school when you were a beach bum. We're going to go before that. You talked, you mentioned about kids aren't very forgiving. You said they were, but you were being facetious. We've got a kid in braces, leg braces, and a kid who has facial tics and speech impediments. How was that? It was difficult. My leg braces I wore at night, so no one really even saw that, but I did walk uh, more pigeon-toed and had a difficult time running. It was difficult. I went to a private school, and I didn't quite fit in with them. I was of a different religion than the school was, and so a lot of times I was on the outside. And in the neighborhood, because I didn't go to the neighborhood school, I was a little bit on the outside there. I, I don't use this term lightly, but I was bullied. I was sitting on a stage once, and somebody came up my own age, lifted my legs up, and pulled me off, my, off the stage right onto my back. You know, so I, I had a lot of that going on. And so when I got into high school, I think I was defeated a lot and just went off and did my own thing. So when you were talking about going to the beach and all that, a lot of that was just lone time. That was spent with yourself. It wasn't like you had this huge network of friends, or did you get one? I had a small network of friends, probably not the best friends. Okay, I know, not the best friends. <laughs> but I was always around two or three people that would go to the beach with me. But they were kind of in the same, same space I was. I've noticed in life that when uh, people are bullied and when they're made fun of and, and uh, whether it be for any, anything, physical, you know, healthy issues or whatever, it seems like there's always a group of people that will accept them. And it doesn't seem like that's always the best group of people that they should be with. It's not always the best group. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just seems like that goes that way so many times. And so what, would you say, what message would you send to the listeners who are trying to make a difference, to, to make a difference to people that they aren't comfortable around. Uh, somebody has a facial tick or, or, or a speech impediment. How, do, how do, should they treat them? What, what should they do? I mean, we all kind of know that, but what, what's, your, what's your advice? It really depends on the person. For me, ask me. Talk to me about it. It was interesting. I was watching a video on YouTube the other day, and this guy wanted to give something away. But he dressed up like a bum, like a homeless guy, and sat on the street corner with a sign. I don't want money. I just want somebody to sit down and talk with me. No one stopped. Just reach out and talk to people. Smile. It, it doesn't take a whole lot to, to smile and say hi. And a lot of times that alone can make somebody's day and make a difference in somebody's life. Dan Clark often says that when he goes out, he puts some ones in his pocket. And, uh, and he gives them to the homeless in it throughout his day. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't give them to them for what it does for them. I give them to them for what it does for me. We had a situation this morning. We had a, a homeless person we thought was homeless, and he, he had a whole story and met us out in the parking lot just coming to this event and 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 put on the tears and, and the whole thing about how he does have a home and told us his address and, and how he's trying to get a Greyhound bus to get home. And, and he had exact dollar amounts and cents and everything of what the bus fare was going to be. Now, if we could just help him with that, you know, and, and I, I didn't worry about it. I didn't put it on me anymore. It was like, you know, I don't know if he's being honest or not, but it's beyond that. It, it wasn't up to me anymore. If, if he wasn't, then so be it. And if he was, then so be it also. I agree. Just to talk to people, to engage, because as soon as he started talking to me, I, I put up the blind, you know, blinder. I was like, I don't want to talk to this guy. You know, I'm feeling, I was in, in my uncomfort zone. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, we do. We need to step out of that comfort zone and just engage with people. Exactly. How did this get you tied into psychology? 
Well, I wanted to be a police officer until I had my administration of justice degree. And I thought, well, maybe a bachelor's will give me a little leg up. So for two more years, I can get a bachelor's degree. And then I was at school and saw something about masters of counseling. I thought, oh, kind of interesting. For theoretically two more years, I can get a master's degree in counseling and maybe be a police psychologist, police therapist. Mm. And then I thought, wow, two more years, I could have a master's. And then once I got done there, I was like, wow, a couple more years, I could have a doctorate degree. Cool. And I remember the first time after my internship, walking in the back door of our, our little townhouse that we were living in. And my daughter was sitting there and she just said, hi, Dr. Daddy. It's like, wow. Yeah, that, that's, that made it all worth it right there. And, and it became a little emotional at that point. It's like, wow, that really is where I am right now. Pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, so something not- I never set out to do. It just happened one step at a time. And sometimes that's the way we need to live. Sometimes there's that goal out there and that's fabulous. But sometimes all you can see is one or two years ahead of you. you keep moving. I love it. Because the first thing I thought was thinking is your next book's going to be Overcoming My Addiction of School. And because uh, you were just on a roll. But I like that. Uh, I, I do that often when I'm uh, up in the mountains hiking. And I, and I look ahead of me and I think I'm not going to stop till I get to that rock. And I won't stop. And I just push myself till, till I get to a rock or a tree or whatever. And as soon as I get there, if I feel like I've got anything left in me, then I set another one and I keep going. And then I, I, I can do this. I can go a little bit more. And I just keep pushing myself a little bit harder. And you just kept doing the, those steps of... As two more years. I can do two more years. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. Well, I just did a relay. And that's how I was during the relay. It's like, okay, I can run to that point, then to that point, then to that point, and just keep going. This was a 100-mile relay that you just did. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first? No. Oh, no it's my done. first of that length. I've done three 60-mile relays running, and then I've done... A what's called a salt to Saint, Salt Lake City, Saint George. I forget three hundred some odd miles. We did that on bike. That was wow. a relay as well. What did you do to prepare for your race? What does that What does that look like for you? But just a sec before he answers that question, I got to touch on something. You're a psychologist, and somebody that's going to run a hundred miles would have to be borderline crazy. And then to do it again, I think well, you proved it. The, you proved it. The relays. So I'm not running the full length. We're running shorter legs. But that's what makes it difficult is you run three or four or five miles, and then you start to recover. But before your body fully recovers, you run another four or five miles. Mm-hmm. And then your body almost another four or five miles. I did, I did four legs. So, Amazing. You know, I did 15 miles, but it's that 15 miles within a short period of time that makes it difficult. Right, right. And we're going to have, I just say facetiously, obviously, but we're going to have another person on our our podcast, uh, Mark Robbins, who has run several hundred mile races a year where he runes the whole thing. And so ultra marathon, he's like super crazy. Yeah. So (laughs) we'll we'll tell him that the doc says he is. So, all right. So anyway, how do you prepare for those? A lot of it is my mindset. That's where I prepare the most is my mindset. And getting in the mode that I can do this. I can do hard things. And if I believe I can do hard things and I believe that I can make it to that next tree, makes it a lot easier. That negative self-talk that we get so into of, oh, I'm sore, I can't do this. Well, yes, you can. And I was thinking yesterday, I was pretty tapped out when I finished. But I thought, you know, 
I say I'm tapped out and I was on my last leg. Man, I don't think I can go any further. I thought, hmm, I wonder if that's true. And I picked up my pace and ran faster just to see if I could. And you know something? I did. I could. So our limit that we think is our limit really is not our limit. We can go further. And we can stretch those boundaries of what we consider our our zone of comfort. Step out of it and achieve more. So if the mind can conceive it, the body can achieve it. Yes. Well put. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I remember in a, one of our meetings, somebody had to stand up. And they said, okay, raise your hands as high as you can. Okay, I mean, as, as high as you can, raise them. And we all did that. And then they said, okay, just raise it just a little bit further. And do you remember that I meeting? And, and there were some that raised it a little bit further because they hadn't really, re- they'd already been told to go as high as they could. And, uh, and they did go a little bit higher. And there was others that looked at them like they were crazy, like, what do you mean go a little higher? You've already told me to go as high as I can, and I really have, you know. And so it's funny how that all works, the mind versus the body, and do we really give our 100%. Yeah, it's incredible. Our minds are magnificent and do wonderful things when we make sure they do. All right, Dr. Russ, you have so much wisdom in you. Uh, Leave us with a parting message. I was asked a question the other day, if I could have a superpower, what power would that be? And my first thought went to forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. That, to me, is a basis of so much because it's about us. If we can control us, which is the only thing we have control over, we can control the world. I love that. That's a question we should ask each one of our guests. As you said that, I thought, wow, what a great question. Thank you. What a superpower. That is awesome. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here with us today. Thank you, Dr. Russ, for your words of wisdom. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us, and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.